like this recording, please, please, please request them to Madi um, at the Maestro Entrepreneur Center. And you can request it by submitting an email to Madi at maestrocenter.org. It's always a pleasure being able to provide you these resources and recording because sometimes when you first go through something, you know, and you think you've got this aha moment, but afterwards, when you listen to it a couple of times, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Neely, you have that second and that third hit of resources that you thought, oh, I didn't even see it that way that first time. Absolutely, I agree with that. So we are really looking forward to today. And um, with no further ado, I wanna start again, this is free webinars and they are webinar Wednesdays. Today, our focus is about remaining mentally strong in a crisis and beyond. We have a guest speaker, Dr. Kerlin Neely. She is a practicing physician here out in town. But before we move on and move forward, Marie Angel Zavala is going to present to you information and educate you on what the Maestro Entrepreneur Center is doing. And again, the Maestro Entrepreneur Center, tell us what you're doing. Thank you, Juanita. Welcome everyone Absolutely. to our webinar Wednesdays. We're really excited to be here today. And I just wanted to, to mention something before we move forward. We're planning on, on moving the time uh, of our webinars on Wednesday just to accommodate everyone returning back to work. So stay tuned when the new times are gonna be um, uh, moving forward. Nayeli will notify everyone and let everybody know about that. But I wanted to talk about the Buy Local, Grow SA. Sabrina, if you can uh, move the slide forward. If you haven't done so, I would highly encourage you to go on and register your business for the Buy Local, Grow SA initiative. And our, our purpose is to help our small business, local business community in San Antonio with free resources available out there for you all. And just so you know, we're working on uh, putting together a really robust procurement opportunity where you will be able to list your business opportunities for other business owners to look at. But other you other other thing, uh, you will be available able to apply to other procurement opportunities as well. So if you haven't done so already, I would highly encourage you to go and register your business for Buy Local Grow SA. Without further ado. Uh, please, Juanita, introduce our speaker and, and the topic that we'll, we'll be covering today. It would be my pleasure. Mari, um, for some of you who are new, uh, my name is Juanita Sepulveda. I'm with Tree Shaker Podcast, and it's always a privilege and an honor to be able to welcome, you know, our subject matter expert. And we talk about, you know, when we're getting ready to move from what we've been dealing with in the last three months to present, what better than Dr. Neely? See, Dr. Neely has worked in the mental health field for over 20 years and is currently the Chief Executive Officer of Neely Counseling Center, uh, PLLC. See, the mission of the Neely Counseling Center is to break the stigma associated with mental health by providing, providing effective and affordable counseling services to companies, government agencies, and individuals. Dr. Neely also serves as an adjunct professor at St. Mary's University where she educates graduate students in the counseling department. She's appeared on national radio and television shows as a guest expert speaker, and she's released her children's book titled Straight Talk in 2014. Now, this book is a culmination of Dr. Neely's groundbreaking qualitative research in the area of self-esteem for girls of color. In 2018, she joined the University of Texas Health Science Center Medical School as a behavioral health, health consultant. In that role, she spearheaded an effort to create a medical school's, the medical school's first precision counseling program. Dr. Neely is licensed by the Texas State Board of Professional Counselors and is an approved counselor supervisor. She holds a bachelor's degree in psychology from Sam Houston State University, a master's degree in counseling from Prairie View a m University and a PhD in counselor education from St. Mary's University. And she is supported by her husband and two beautiful girls. Uh, as you can see, we want a subject matter expert and Dr. Neely, you are bringing it. You are definitely bringing it and let's definitely remove the stigma about self-care and educating yourself on how to become mentally healthy. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for that introduction. Thank you. And so like Juanita said, today is really important. We're going to be looking at how do you remain mentally strong in a crisis? But honestly, the real important part is beyond because crises are temporary. They passed. They pass. And if we have those tools and we have those skills, then anything else we do is going to be successful. Next slide. And so I think Juanita did such a great job <laughs> introducing me. You read my whole bio. So I'll just share just two more things. Um, I am the CEO of Neely Counseling Center. And at the office, we do two things, really. One is that we have that traditional counseling center where you come in and you can work on your marriage. You can work on things that are going on with your adolescence, anxiety, depression. But then also we do partner with companies because a lot of times as an entrepreneur and as an employer, if your employee is not well, they're not gonna show up as big, they're not gonna perform as well. So we really partner with companies and give training around mental health, and then also uh, be able to give them an employee assistance program. Next slide. So our new normal. When I saw this picture, I want you to just stop and take a picture, take a look at this dog. When I saw this dog, I thought, oh my goodness, this looks like what I have felt like, filling out PPP paperwork, moving a business offline, dealing with isolation, homeschooling kids. I don't know if any of you out there have kids, but homeschooling children, thank you, Juanita. And then maintaining a relationship in quarantine. It goes without saying that our new normal has been extremely stressful. But for entrepreneurs, I think it's been a little bit extra because inherent in entrepreneurship is a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, a lot of, I don't know if this is gonna work. And so on top of our new normal, entrepreneurs are having to manage all of those things. And so this conversation, the conversation that we're about to have becomes even more important because when you are mentally strong, everything else is possible. Next slide. So our agenda today, my intention really is that we share together a couple of things, four practices, four specific practices to help you remain mentally strong. After I introduce each practice, we'll have a reflection moment. And that reflection moment is really about me tossing you the ball and saying, hey, block out that you're on Zoom. Take a minute and think about how does this relate to me? What Dr. Neely is saying, how does it relate to me? How does it re relate to my employees? So that's your chance to communicate with me. I'd love for you to type in the chat. Let me know if I'm on the right track, if you're hearing what I'm saying. And then after each reflection question, I'll have a concrete tool, something that you can take, that you can use, that you can use from now on. And then we'll end with a Q&A. Next slide. Okay, so let's get started. Question for you. Why are some people able to pivot out of crisis and others are not? I really want you to think about that. I want you to think about yourself. I know that if I had a chance to pull you to the side and we could talk, I would learn maybe things you've been through, things in your relationships, things from childhood, things that you might not even speak of. You know, people see us and they think, oh my gosh, you are all that in a bag of chips, you look good, you smell good but little do they know, little do they know what you've had to overcome, what you've had to fight through. So I want you to think about why is it that as an entrepreneur, as somebody that's on this call today, you've been able to do that, but yet some people are not. Because the key to everything we're gonna talk about really lies in that question. As I was uh, kind of coming up with the presentation, something came to mind for me. I really thought about um, something that happened in my childhood. I had two friends, two besties, and we lived really close to each other, about eight or nine years old. I would always go to their house. They would come to my house. Very typical things that eight and nine-year-old girls do. Moms would cook, you know, bake cookies and comb our hair. Well, unfortunately, suddenly my friend's mother died and they were sisters. And it was one of those first times for me that, you know, as a kid, you don't really know what death is. You don't really kind of like, wow, somebody can be gone. This is somebody that I, you know, went to our house, I was around. So it was a real profound thing for me. But I've watched throughout the years that one of those sisters has been able to take that loss and she's been able to harness it to propel her to success. She's been able to really move forward. But yet the other sister almost has like what I would call arrested development, you know what I mean? To where it's like she's been stuck. So in the chat, I want you to type in, why do you think that happens? 
Some people might say, oh, I think it's because people who have faith. Some people might say, well, I think it's about having support. And I know for some people, they may say, oh, no, it's all about having financial resources. If I have financial resources, anything's possible. So I'd love to hear your opinion in the chat. If you could just tell me, what do you, what do you think that is? What is that secret ingredient that makes people pivot? Dr. Nudie, I think one of the things for me, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking that question in, is I had support, and that was, that was extremely important, but the support came along with faith, so it was a combination for me, and yeah. I hope our audiences, please participate, because this is, these are some good questions that it, sometimes it's hard to ask yourself, and sometimes you don't want to ask yourself because you don't want to find out the answer, because then you may find out a lot more than you wanted to. Oh, yeah. we have one. Let's see what it says. Awesome. It says, I believe they found something that helps them cope with it at, in a, in a constant, but it is a constant struggle. It says some people's brains are wired differently and it's not the situation. It's just them. I think faith is important. However, I also believe that there are stages of grief where um, it's important to walk that they have, in which they have to walk through. And the other one is relationships and faith. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think by just looking at that chat, look, there are multiple variables. Just like with any situation, there's never a one thing. But I'll tell you this, throughout my years, 20-something years now of working with people, over 30,000 people myself personally, there's one consistent theme. There's one consistent theme that over and over and over again has shown up. And that theme, I think, really gives us a key. Next slide. And that key is the story you tell yourself has the power to make or break your success. Your story can make you independent. It can make you resilient. It can make you strong. It can make you tough. And what I mean is, you know that little voice in your head, that little voice that says you can make it, you can do it, you can really get over it. But your story also, next slide, has the power to make you anxious, to make you insecure, to make you play small, to make you believe that I can't do this, to make you scared. The story that you tell yourself has the power to change everything. And so many times we're not aware of our story. We're so busy going and doing and trying to fill out paperwork and trying to show up that we don't stop to realize, wow, I have a story that's running in the background that is limiting me. Next slide. Dr. Nita, I have a, there was a couple of people that were wanting to contribute and one said mindset of people and how they develop. Another one says, you know, I was, I was the eldest of 11 kids in a Hispanic family and I had to take leave and education was very important. Very good. Very good. And I, I agree with that. I think that determination is another variable and another factor, but Absolutely. looking at the fact about story, and, you know, I'm a real big believer that, you know, a lot of people will tell you things, oh, you know, you need to believe in yourself. But if there's not facts and science to back it up, sometimes it's just fluff. And so I wanted to make sure what we talked about today had some science to back it up. And this is what we know. In a crisis and uncertainty, we tend to use the most primitive parts of our brain and revert to a limiting story. We tend to use the most primitive parts of our brain. And that part of our brain is called the amygdala. And you're going to hear me say this over and over again through this presentation. In fact, I want you to say it out loud wherever you're at, say amygdala, because I want you to get used to that word. Our amygdala puts us in fight, flight, or freeze mode. So for instance, if you were at La Quintera Mall late at night, you've done a day of shopping, you're feeling good, you're getting out of the mall, and it's late, and you look to the left, and you see somebody that looks shady, you want your amygdala to come on and say, you better beat the heck out of this person. You better fight. Or you want the amygdala to come on and bring back 10th grade track for you so you could run as fast as possible. Or you want that amygdala to come on and help you just freeze and blend into the ground. And so our brains really go into a crisis mode. It goes into a fight, flight, or freeze. Unfortunately, though, it goes into that mode sometimes when we don't really have a crisis. 
when there's not a real crisis, when the crisis is the fact that I have no idea where my taxes are at and the PPP paperwork people are asking for it. And so for a lot of entrepreneurs, this is where we get impulsive. This is where we raise our prices and drop our prices and all of a sudden we're creating new products and we're all over the place. And part of why that happens is because that amygdala has taken over. We're not using the frontal lobe, which is that number two on there. And that part of the brain controls reasoning, um, you know, really kind of just making judgments that are based on reason and fact, that calm part of the brain. And so I want you to remember when your amygdala is on, that's when you're gonna go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. But guess what? The power of our brain, you have the power to control that amygdala. So you're gonna hear me say, turn the amygdala off, turn it off, okay? So let's move on to the next slide. So here's where we're really gonna get into the meat of the presentation. I told you earlier that I'm gonna introduce four practices, four practices that if you use these practices, it's gonna have the power to help you be mentally strong and to turn off that story. So the first practice is this. You have to know when a limiting story takes over. You have to know when a story of scarcity, a story of fear, a story of defeat, and let me tell you, for most of us, our stories don't just come through the front door, they come through the back door, because they already know we're entrepreneurs, we're strong, we're tough. So our story is like, you know what, in order to really get this person, I'm gonna have to come in a different direction. And because we are busy and we're running, we often don't realize that that story is on. Next slide. And so here's another reflection question. What story have you told yourself about your business? I really want you to get still. What story have you told yourself? Have you said, I'm gonna make it out of this? Have you said, everything's gonna be okay? Or have you said, this is the end of me? And if you have employees, more importantly, what I really want you to think about, what story are they telling themselves about your business? Because if an employee has a story that we are done, my, the owner is scattered, then they're not gonna show up as big. They're gonna be insecure and hesitant. So what story are you telling yourself? And I'd love to see in the chat, you know, you don't have to type a whole dissertation, but maybe one word, maybe something that really can, if that resonates with you, I'd love to hear what story you're telling yourself. You know, Thinking about this, Dr. Neely, the one thing that I've had conversations with other people is how would I describe myself? And I always think about the whipping willow being unwavering. You know, everybody wants the mighty oak or they want, you know, a pecan tree or something, you know, describing yourself. I always look at the whipping willow. Everybody thinks it's so feminine and so weak, right? But imagine it moves everything that affects it and yet it still stands it's withstanding you know and i always think of, of unwavering and it just gives me the stimulation of like okay i can do it you know the whipping willow everybody thinks it's really just you know weak but it isn't it's mighty and so some of the comments is and i'm, I'm so glad people are, are participating it says isn't it the I can't read. I can't read. The rip, repetilian rain, rain, rain that helps you survive. Uh, oh, brain. Oh, okay. It's the brain uh, that I meant. This is, my story is that it's time to drive for creativity and change, change and action. It's a slow down, pay attention on purpose. Believe the Lord is in charge and he has a good plan. I choose to follow him to that good plan. Awesome. awesome, awesome. And I love hearing that. And I love hearing that those stories are really propelling you. So here's some tools. Here are concrete tools. If you find yourself, if you answer that question and you know, you know to yourself, wait a minute, I'm telling a story that is limited. I'm telling a story that doesn't propel me. Here's how you change that. You do something that we call slow down and pay attention on purpose. And what that really means is just to stop and think what am I thinking right now? Why am I thinking that? 
what is coming up for me? Because when you do that, what happens is that answers are right, are right behind it. And so once you're able to figure out, okay, I know the story I'm telling. I'm telling a story that I'm scared. Things aren't going to work out. I'm telling a story that I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Then what you want to do next is you want to dispute that limiting story. And what dispute really means is not telling yourself a lie or saying, you know, an affirmation, everything's going to be great when you really don't believe that. What a dispute means is that you tell the truth, but you give yourself a window, you give yourself an out. So for instance, if your limited story is that I can't believe this has happened, I don't know how I'm ever going to make it, then the dispute might sound like, yes, this is difficult. This is hard. This is something we've never seen before. But there's so many resources out there, resources out there more than ever before. So many people willing to help. SBA, all these different acronyms, all these people have showed up. So I need to latch on to that it's instead of just holding on to the fear. So your dispute has a kernel of truth, but it gives you an out. It gives you a window. And you know what? Let me say this. That may seem small, but when you're in your head, when you're overwhelmed, sometimes it's so hard to see the simple things. It, it becomes like so daunting. The next step to change your story is that you have to pull from previous experience. And I want to say that again, because that is the most powerful thing. You have to pull from previous experience. The mere nature that you're on this call, the mere nature that we're all here lets me know we have done some things in our life. We have overcome some things. And I want you to write those things down, even if they seem small, even if they seem minute. Because when you're able to see what you've done, when you're able to see that, wow, I overcame that relationship. Wow, I overcame the people telling me I shouldn't open up a business, that I'd never make it. When you're able to see that, it gives you the strength to know anything is possible. So this is how you really turn that amygdala off. You really turn it off and you're able to have this type of story. You know, uh, Juanita, I think one of the comments was about kind of our amygdala is also there to protect us, right? It's that thing, fight, flight, or freeze. So your amygdala is there to protect you from things. Unfortunately, like I said before, though, sometimes it thinks it needs to protect you from going and doing a big talk, or it needs to protect you from reaching out to a stranger yeah. to see how you can pull the businesses together. So that's yeah. our, our first one. Let's move on to the next one. So the next thing that you need to do in order to turn that little voice off is that you need to know your, what I call your backstory triggers. So listen, it's so big right now. Everybody always says, you know, oh, I'm so triggered. My kids are triggering me or my employees triggering me or my boss is triggering me. And so sometimes we get caught up in the weed of a trigger and we don't realize that our triggers usually come in what I call broad strokes. There are themes. And so for some people, when they feel like they're gonna disappoint somebody. Maybe they had to let employees go. Maybe their customers can't come into the store. That becomes a huge trigger. For some people, it's the fear of the unknown. What will happen? And for other people, it's the fear of failure. Everybody said I wouldn't make it and now look, look what's happening. And for other people, it's lack of control. And I would say, I think for a lot of people, that lack of control is a big one because for a lot of us, we wanna feel like we can have some control over our destiny. And so when you are triggered, once again, that amygdala comes on and you start reacting and doing things in a crisis mode as opposed to using the rational part of your brain. All right, next slide. Okay, guys, I am tossing the ball back to you. Thank you so much for giving me that feedback. Here's what I want to know now. What's the one thing that has triggered you the most during this period? What's the one thing? And I, I want to I leave a pause there. I want you to, to just sit with the question. Don't answer quickly. Let yourself, let it come up. And it may have nothing to do with business. Maybe a realization that this relationship isn't what I thought it was. It may be the realization that my kids are further behind in school than I thought because I was so busy. What's the one thing? And I'd love for you to throw that in the chat. Um, and as you're doing that, I'll share, I'll be, I'll be honest and share mine. You know, 
honestly, I have a girlfriend that's an entrepreneur and I love her to death. She is one of my, what I call my ride or die girl. She's always there, but she has been so stressed out and that every time I talk to her, she's a trigger for me. And I had to stop and go, wait a minute. I love you, yeah. but I can't talk to you right now because every time I talk to you, you're panicked and I'm panicked. So Juanita, what are we seeing in the chat? What are we seeing in terms of what's the one thing? Well, one of the things was not being able to see my family members and not knowing when I would be able to see them in the future. Another one was, and I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs can, can relate to this one is, I overcame my parents telling me to stay home as a wife till my kids were out of the house and into college. And then I have another, another gentleman on here who says, I conducted a critical analysis of our SOP and for military is standard orders of operations and I'm and I modified them to uh, to meet COVID-19's precautions I mean those are some of the things that are coming in so thank you thank you for really thinking through this and sharing this yeah. I have one more and he says I tell myself do not worry I'm going to be all right you can do this get up stand up I'm going to go through all this all right I, I love that and part of why I'm challenging you and thank you for participate, participating to answer these questions is that what you identify, you can control. What you identify, you can do something about. And so when you identify a trigger, here's the tool that I want you to use. And I call it delete, add, or accept. And so I'll use my example. For instance, my girlfriend that I love to death, that she probably would be like, oh my gosh, Carlene, you're actually talking about me on this webinar here. But I had to not delete her necessarily, but I had to remove, I had to say, I'm not gonna talk to her every day because that was a trigger. I had to become aware that that thing wasn't healthy for me. And what did I have to add? I had to replace that and add a walk outside, looking at nature, looking at you know what my neighbors are doing and seeing them walk and seeing them engage with their kids. That was something that was uplifting. Mm -hmm. And ultimately sometimes with a trigger, you just have to accept. You have to be okay saying, this is what it is now. I'm doing everything I can do to move forward. And so when you accept something, what happens is that it shuts that amygdala off again. And then all of a sudden you start thinking creative. You start thinking, well, what if, what if I did this? And what if I did that? And what if maybe that would be a good offering for my business? You are able to use that rational part of your brain. So I want you, wherever you're at, I want you to say, I need to turn the amygdala off. I want you to say that to yourself because the more you say it, the more it will become your truth. I wanted to share a comment that one of our, one of our uh, participants says, sure. says, we are a volunteer group. We served hot meals, brought food, and shot for the seniors during the pandemic. We now breathe, reflect, and are planning to better serve all the community. Now that was a good coping. That is, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. And, you know, I think that really kind of plays into add, maybe that adding in that breathing, adding in that to your toolkit. Right. Oh, awesome. So let's move on to the next one. Okay. The next one, I'll be honest, it's my favorite one because I think this is the one that shows up the most. And so number three is understand how your story shows up physically and emotionally, because let me tell you something, your story is not stagnant. Your story shows up in what you think, what you feel and how you behave. And I'm gonna say that again, I'm gonna drop it again, just to make sure you can pick it up. Your story shows up in what you feel, what you think and how you behave. And so one of the first ways your story is gonna show up is in your sleep. If you're waking up at two o'clock, and waking up at four o'clock, and I'm talking a.m., not <laughs> not p.m. Yep. And all of a sudden, your sleep is really off. Then you know stress has snuck into your life. Or if you are sleeping a lot and you wake up and you're like, I am still so tired. I felt like I had eight hours sleep on my little watch here, but I feel like I had nothing. Then what you know is that stress and anxiety have shown up. Another one is your appetite we'll see big changes in appetite. Sometimes you're going to the pantry four or five times and you know, I don't know if this has happened to you before where you go and you're like, I just was in here. Why am I back in the pantry again? 
because we're trying to compensate. We're trying to figure out how to de-stress ourselves. Or for some people, they stop eating. A big one is fatigue and body aches. Our stress shows up in our body. So you'll notice your shoulders, your lower back, your tummy. Yeah. And if you're having pain Absolutely. in those areas, that is a key indicator that stress has shown up. That is giving you a signal. It is giving you a warning. It's waving a flag and saying, I'm here. Do something about me. And then irritability and anger. If you find yourself and you're going off on folks and then you have to go in the bathroom and go, why? That is not me. Why am I snapping at my kids? I'm snapping at employees. Then you know that irritability and anger are signs that honestly, you're really stressed. And so a lot of people don't know that. And they try to figure out, I don't know why I'm angry. I can't figure it out. Overthinking. And I don't just mean simple overthinking. I mean that overthinking where you have one thought and it leads to another one and another okay. one. And before you know it, you are down a rabbit hole in a corner around the bend and you go, why did I just think myself into being mad? Like, I just thought about something that hasn't even happened. That overthinking is a sign that stress and anxiety have shown up. And then a big one, panic attacks. You know, panic attacks are, if you've ever had one, it is so scary. And that's where, you know, your body, your nervous system really gets, you know, all involved. So you may have heart palpitations, your hands are sweating, um, your pupils are dilated. It's a full-blown attack. I probably, I'd say once a month at my office, we'll get a call from a doctor's office, from a physician at a hospital, and he'll say, Dr. Neely, I have somebody here. Um, we thought he was having a heart attack, checked everything out. He's totally fine. I'm sending him over. It's a panic attack. So a panic attack can feel like a heart attack. You, it will mimic the same symptoms. And this is why, you know, this stuff is so important to me because our physical health and our mental health are connected. What you think will show up in your body. And then the last one, medicating our emotions. And I'm talking mm. about eating too much, drinking too much, gambling too much, a little bit too much of everything. And so the big thing here is that these are your clues. These are your clues. If these things are present, then I want you to go, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Stress and anxiety have snuck in. All right, so time for our reflection question. Once again, I'm tossing you the ball and this is where you block out everything and you, you get selfish and you think about yourself. How does stress and anxiety show up in your life? And I want you to type that in the chat. How does it show up? Is it headaches? Is it overeating? Is it overthinking? How does it show up? Once again, what you identify, you can control. You know, you it's great that we're, we're circling around back to these because, you know, people are coming in telling us irritability, overthinking and anxiety are coming in. And sometimes we don't want to recognize them. Am I wrong, Dr. Neely? You are on the money. And that's why I said what you identify, you have the opportunity to control. You have the opportunity to do something with it, do something about it. Now, one thing that I, I really enjoy about reading about what you said is, you know, removing the stigma. And unfortunately, so many times there's a stigma with getting help that is weakness. But in reality, it's really strength. Am I wrong? You know, yeah, of course. Because like I said, anytime you can identify something, you can do something about it. At my office, one of the things we talk about is preventative mental health care, not reactive. You know, mm. we get checkups yes. for our, our dental every six months. We get right. checkups for our air condition once a year. We get our cars tuned up. But yet our mental health, we wait until the wheels are falling off. And so mm -hmm. we're very big, we're really a big component of pushing kind of an, an annual couch time check-in where you say, I'm going to see Dr. Neely or whoever else, not because something is wrong, but because I wanna keep things going right because I am not gonna allow stress and anxiety to take me over and take me out of entrepreneurship. Right. Okay? You know, one of the things that are coming in is overthinking and anxiety overthinking and body aches, indulgence, you know, and the other one is, um, we want Jack Daniels, <laughs> you know, and I have to laugh at that because, you know, we, we, when we look at WWJD is what would Jesus do, but then you got, we want Jack Daniels, 
I mean, I have to laugh about it, but that is correct. You know, instead of using one good extreme, we go to the other because, I mean, maybe that's the way we punish ourselves because we didn't get it right. You know, because I think, you know, in society, especially with alcohol, and I mean, let's be honest, you know, some, having a glass of wine or having a nice Jack and Coke, there's nothing wrong with that occasionally. But when you are doing it to overcompensate for the symptoms I just listed, when you're doing it to overcompensate for your irritability, when you're doing it to overcompensate because you can't sleep at night, that's right. when you know, okay, that, that's not right. And so Juanita, I know things are coming in the chat. I see that, but I want to move on to the tools. I want to move on to the tools because these tools are the bomb. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. Some well, of them. We're gonna we're gonna get to the other one, but I'm gonna prepare you. I've got a great question, and Rebecca, I haven't forgotten you. I'm gonna get to you, but I want to see this last tool. <laughs> okay. So, so I have. So we have a couple of tools. And the first one, and Juanita, you kind of mentioned that breathing. You know, back to that amygdala again. How do we regulate that amygdala? It's through our breath. It's through taking a breath. And so there's a simple exercise called four, seven, eight that I want you to try, maybe not right now, but after this webinar. So four, seven, eight simply is you take four seconds of a breath in, you hold it for seven, and then you slowly release it for eight. Once again, you take four seconds of a breath in, you hold it for seven, and you slowly release it for eight. And that's just the right amount of breath to send that oxygen to the brain to say, okay, Juanita doesn't want to be stressed today. She wants to be blessed. She's not trying to have that. And so that is exactly what happens with that exercise. And so the next one is what we call a grounding exercise. And so the idea behind grounding is that sometimes we are overthinking, we're wired up, we can't shut that brain off, and we need to just come down to the ground. Yeah. And so five, four, three, two, one is super simple. You know, you get on your back porch, maybe with that glass of Jack or maybe with some wine and you just say, what are five things I see, four things I feel, three things I hear, two things I smell, and one thing I taste. And that taste may be like you had what you had for dinner that night. To be honest with you, it kind of tricks your brain. Your brain can't overthink and be down the rabbit hole and also do this. Yeah. So it's a practice of just slowing the brain down, slowing the brain down so that the brain has time to breathe, that there's space in between your thoughts. And then our next one, and I, I've talked about our couch time check-in already, but our next one is this. If you've had these symptoms that I, I named before on that previous slide, and they've been going on for six months or longer. So if you're thinking, okay, Dr. Neely, yep, I had that one, yep, I had that one, yep, I had the overthinking, yep, I had this, yep, you know, I had that. And you've had several of them and they've been going on for six months or longer. That's typically when we say, okay, it's time for you to go talk to somebody. It's time for you to reach out and say, hey, let me go get my couch time check-in just to make sure I'm cool. I will tell you something. Just processing with somebody that is not your mom, your best friend, hearing that different perspective, sometimes that's all people need. People will leave my office and they'll go, I'm not sure why I feel so much better, but just yeah. processing that, just getting it off my chest. And so once again, we have your breathing, we have your grounding, and we have seeking help, especially if those symptoms have been going on for six months or longer. All right, we are rolling. We are rocking and rolling. Let's, let's move on to the next. Okay, and this is a really big one. This really encapsulates everything I've been talking about. So you have to have a daily self-talk practice, a way that you are monitoring your self-talk and also a daily self-care practice. So I'll start with self-talk. And so we've been talking about that story, but let me tell you something. Your self-talk, how you talk to yourself is going to be key. And if you think you don't talk to yourself, you do. There is always something rolling in our head. You know, you get dressed in the morning and you go, oh my gosh, I look fat today. Or, oh, my makeup doesn't look right. Or, you know, you're, you're passing by, you know, the mirror and you make a comment. There's a story. Your self-talk isn't stagnant once again. It translates into what you feel and what you do. So as a business owner, if you've said, I'm gonna lose everything, I'll never recover from this. I'm just not good enough to figure this out. 
Why can't I be strong? I hear that. I hear that a lot because people look at other business owners and they think, well, why can't Juanita do it? Or why can't this person do it? And you know, I can't do it. We start to compare ourselves. Those words take your power. They steal your joy. And so next slide. I think you figured it out by now. I'm throwing you back the ball. Time for you to catch the ball. What does your self-talk sound like on a rough day? And I said that on purpose because I know on a good day, you are all that in a bag of chips. But what, yes, does, it I am. Like <laughs> what does it sound like on a rough day? What does it sound like when you're in the trenches, when you don't feel good, when things aren't going your way? What does it sound like? You know, I want to share something on here. It says these are these are great tools, and everyone should be able to use, especially those in business. It says the COVID fifteen pounds are real. <laughs> you know, they're real. But you know, observing this tool, you know, I literally do get up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I say, "Good morning, gorgeous." Even if my hair is standing up about this big, but you're right. I have to start off right. Um, and, and everyone, everyone has their own, you know, moments that, okay, well, maybe I can pinch an inch here, but if I pull it back, you can't see it. I'm okay. I'm okay. And I tell myself that yeah. and I laugh. I have to be the first person that I laugh at myself and I go, well, that was funny. Okay, next. Now I'm positive. Hello, gorgeous again. How are you doing? <laughs> and I don't, I don't care who you are. You know, like I said, therapist, 20 something years, seen 30,000 people, people come to me for this. And on a rough day, my self-talk, I have to go, wait a minute, Curleen, what, what are you saying? This is not true. Because what happens is that our story starts to lie to us. It starts to, con it starts to convince us of a, our limits, our limitations. Once again, that amygdala, that amygdala comes on and we're in fight, flight mode. And so we're not able to really process. But I love what you said, Juanita, being able to turn that story around. You gotta talk to yourself, okay? Dr. Neely is saying, it is okay. You're not crazy. You gotta mm -hmm. talk to yourself. So looking at the specific tools now, you have to do what I say is become the observer of your thoughts. Almost imagine that you are outside of yourself. Like you're kind of like right here sitting and you're watching yourself and you're going, okay, girl, what are you thinking? Because when you slow it down and you become the observer of your mm -hmm. thoughts, then you're able to do something with it. Then you're able to dispute it, to say that's a lie, that's not true, I can make it, I am gorgeous, I am beautiful, I got this. You're able to give yourself something powerful. And so the other thing you have to do is that you have to find the flaw in your thoughts. And so a lot of us, when we are having a rough day, what we do is we do all or nothing thinking, right? So that's, it's either black or white. I'm either gonna fail, business is never gonna make it, or I'm gonna be a success. And the truth is, there's a lot of in-between. Another thing that we do, especially as business owners, is that we catastrophize. We go to the mm -hmm. worst case scenario. I see some things coming in the chat, Juanita, so I'll, I'll stop I'll it. And thank you guys, thank you for participating. That is awesome. So you have to find the flaw. If you, if you figure out what the thought is and you go, you know, I'm, I'm really judging myself. I'm thinking that, you know what, I'm really not good enough. I'm really not good enough to make it to the next level. Then the flaw in that thought is that, you know, you're having all or nothing thinking. That who says you can't make it? And then you got to do what I taught you before. You got to dispute the thought. You got to not lie to yourself, but give yourself a window. Give yourself an out. So Juanita, why don't we look at the chat a little bit and see what's coming in. Sure. And take it to the next yeah. level. I'm, I'm laughing at this and I'm laughing at it because I love the, the process behind it. Um, and I'm going to call him out. His name is Ricardo. And Ricardo, I, got, I have to say thank you for sharing this part because it says my dad's kiss principle. Keep it simple, son. Keep it simple. And it's so true because sometimes it does go from one, one extreme to the other. But I also love what he says. Rough day self-talk sounds like Baskin Robbins. <laughs> you know? I just had chocolate, roasted chocolate almond ice cream the other day. Absolutely. The other one is I spend time with the Lord, singing and praising and worshiping. And then I am ready to move forward. But I love this other one too. It says, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And it's true. It's just exactly what you're saying. You know, slow down and dispute the thought one step at a time. I love it, Dr. Neely. One step at a time. All right, so we are rolling on. And so let's go to the next slide. And so 
this is around your self-care and I'm a big stickler on self-care because a lot of times when we think self-care, we think, oh, let's, I gotta go for my run or I gotta go to the gym. Your self-care routine should have two parts to it. One, a physical part, but also a mental part. What are you doing for your mind? And mm -hmm. so what self-care routine do you need to do more? You, you know, do you need to run more? Do you need to journal? Cause that's huge. That may sound old school to some people, but just taking a journal out and writing, writing your thoughts, writing what has happened, that's a brain dump. We are in such interesting times that at some point, who knows, you could take that and make it into a book if you had captured enough information. But it also clears that mind, turns that amygdala off again. And of course, your diet and your exercise, um, your breathing and your grounding, your 478 I just, I just showed you, or 54321, those are some things, but I want to know what self-care routine do you need to do more of? Let's see what's in the chat, Juanita. It says journal, journal more and diet and exercise. Sometimes I get away from what I'm, for example, I'm working for the moment and then I have to refresh that process to make it better. Um, just getting ready to move forward with some others. But you know, I was noticing, you know, when people, when you talk about your journaling, Journaling isn't just to get your thoughts. Sometimes journaling helps you stay on that diet and exercise routine too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if you're chronicling it. Chronicling it. I can't get that out. Yeah. So I, I love that. Using a journal for diet and exercise. Martha, I love what you just wrote. And Martha wrote a gratitude journal. I start writing three things that I'm thankful for on my agenda every morning. And it really helps. And the other one is pampering yourself. Yes, because we forget to do that. We forget to reward ourselves. We pay the bills. We take care of business. We forget to reward ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. So all of those things are so important. And so let's move on to our next slide. Okay, so this is where we're bringing it all together. Because I'm a big believer in, you know, you heard a lot, but let's look at it all in one place. So this is an overview of your mentally strong plan. Number one, know when a limiting story is on. So you got to slow down and pay attention on purpose so that you can dispute that story. Number two, know your triggers. Know if you're triggered when you feel like you have a lack of control. Know if you're triggered when you feel like you can't, you're going to disappoint people because understanding that gives you a head up, a heads up to say, okay, wait a minute. I know I'm in a, a space and I'm probably triggered, so I may need to add, delete, or accept. Number three, know how your story shows up physically and emotionally. So I need you to do your breathing, your four, seven, eight. I need you to ground yourself. I need you also to do your couch time check-in if you need to do that. And then number four, have a daily self-talk practice, like what Juanita said. Looking in the mirror and say, you look good, guy. You look good, girl. You're amazing. You're going to knock this out. Yep. Words are power. And then ultimately, if you're looking at your self-talk, you have to find the flaw. There's always a lie in our limiting stories. There's always something that's telling us we can't when the truth is we can. Absolutely. All right. So and that is it. We can move to the last slide. So I am so grateful for the privilege you've given me today. I hope that something I said resonated, resonated with you. I don't know if they maybe the amygdala, the story, something. And I'd love to connect with you. This is all my information. I have a podcast as well called Drop the BS Podcast. BS stands for backstory, uh, where we talk about mental health and we talk about how to break that stigma and get better with mental health. And so at this point, any questions or anything, I would love to take that. I do actually. It says one of the questions is what's the best advice on how to recognize and respond to an irritable coworker who may be suffering from a form of PTSD from our new COVID environment? Yeah, that's a, a, such a great question. You know, I think the first thing that you have to do is that you have to realize it's not about you, it's about them, meaning that sometimes we get our feelings hurt. We think, well, what did I do? We tend to want to look inside first and think, well, did I tick him off? Was it that I didn't say good morning? 99% of the time when people bring you that kind of stuff, it is about them. It is not about you. And so what I would do initially, depending on that relationship, I might just, you know, that may be somebody I may, I remove a little bit and not be as close to for a little bit. 
if it's somebody that I feel like I know good enough, I may say, you know, hey, I, I can tell it seems like you've been a little stressed lately. Reach out. Sometimes we just think like we're so kind of like, I don't want to ask. And that person just needs somebody to recognize them. See me, see me. So mm -hmm. I hope that was helpful. Now, do we have any other questions? Because this is the perfect opportunity. We have Dr. Neely, who is local, you know, and by all means, she's taking time from her busy schedule. This is the time to ask that question because, you know, I, we've had other conversations and this is a good place to ask. And if you don't feel comfortable here, take, a, take time to listen to her BS podcast. And that's backstory. Let me stress that backstory. Or send her an email. Reach out to her because... You know, we don't always have the best solutions. We don't always have all the answers, right? But at least having someone to have that, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I can't remember the term where you can have that, that someone to have that conversation, right? Because sometimes a neutral person is the best person to have a conversation with, right? Absolutely. So any more questions? If not, is there a resource? I think there's one more there. Oh, yes, there is. Is, this, is there a resource or a place to guide employees if they reach out about feeling overwhelmed or it's something beyond our control? So ab absolutely. I mean, obviously, it depends on your company. If your company, a lot of companies have an EAP program or an employee assistance program where uh, that employee can get connected with a counselor or get connected with training. My office, that's one of the things we do. So we partner with companies to be able to provide that resource at an affordable rate because frankly, a lot of companies want to provide that, but they can't because it's too expensive. And so we really look at how do we take somebody that has a small business, but still let them offer that to their employees. So definitely if you're the business owner, reach out to me directly. I'd love to talk to you about that. Um, but if not, go to your um, human resource if you work somewhere, and they should have hopefully some, um, some services for you as well. Now, the other one we have here is, is do you have any recommendations on how to deal with going back to work and, and, the, and the stress with all the biosecurity measures that we need to take and the fear of getting sick? Yeah. So, you know, I think once again, you have to recognize what story is on. And so if the story that's in your brain is, I'm so afraid of going back to work, what if I get sick, all those things like that, you have to recognize that story and then you have to think, what can I do about it? What part of that story can I control? Well, I can make sure I take care of myself. I can make sure I have my mask. I can make sure I sanitize my hands, those things like that. I would also reach out to um, my place of employment and make sure what practices that do they have? And then ultimately, control that story by being able to say, I'm going to do everything I can do to make sure I'm taking care of myself. I'm going to do all that I can do. And then ultimately I have to be hopeful that things will be okay. And you know, Dr. Neely, it's good that you brought that up about, you know, going to other resources. The city of San Antonio has passed out some safety equipment. And I believe if, as long as supplies are still lasting, they may still have some, but if all else fails, Go to the website at buy, buy Local and Grow SA, and I'm sure we can go and find some kind of resources and maybe advice on how to improve our work environments as well so that we can find that happy medium on kind of minimizing the fear and maybe finding a solution to relieve that stress of returning back to work. Because in reality, you know, what I feel is completely different from one of my other coworkers or colleagues. Yeah. So, any other questions? Dr. Dr. Neely, did you have any other recommendations? Piggyback on that and say that, you know, everybody has a different level of stress. You know, we're not all going back into the environment with the same level. Some people have been homeschooling kids and they're dealing with that. Some people mm -hmm. may have a family member who's become sick. So also being sensitive that we're all coming back into work with a different level of stress, maybe new stressors that weren't there before. You know, that it's, I want to touch on that because we've recently discovered that we actually lost some family members due to COVID and it wasn't COVID directly, but it was the stress from COVID and the effects on their businesses. And that's another area that we haven't been addressing and we have to be sensitive to that and recognize that as well. 
are there any other questions? Did I miss anything else? They're asking if they can get a copy of the slides. And I just mentioned that if you send me an email to mari at maestrocenter.org, I'll be more than happy to share the recordings of this webinar, but also the slides and uh, Dr. Neely's contact information in case you want to reach out to her. And also, I really want to mention that on our website, we do have the economic transition report listed there and the playbook that these entrepreneurs and, and leaders in the community put together uh, for the safe reopening of San Antonio and, and all of the guide, guidelines and resources available so that your employees and you and yourself feel safe returning back to our new normal. So I just wanted to mention that. And thank you so much, Dr. Neely. This was amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, I wanna share this with my entire family. This was just really, really great. And we thank you for taking the time and putting this together. This is very much needed and we want to appreciate your time and your effort. So thank, thank you. you so much. It was my pleasure to, to be here. Now, in closing, Dr. Neely, is there any one more gold nugget that you want to offer our audience? Because, you know, the presentation was phenomenal. You gave us a lot of, you know, um, resources and methods of coping. But I know you've got to have a gold nugget still saved in there for our audience. <laughs> Looking for a gold nugget. You know, I, I think what comes to mind just initially is that old saying that this too shall pass. I know right now um, we are having so many things going on in our country and in our lives. And so sometimes the collective trauma of that um, is a lot dealing with COVID and everything else. And so I just want everybody to remember that wherever we're at right now, this too shall pass. Just be still, do what you can do, move through it with grace, take a breath, and this too shall pass. Again, you know, this is one amazing professional woman who is local. Please step outside yourselves, ask for the help, whether it's from Dr. Neely or from another professional. Um, don't forget about yourself. Self-care, self-reflect is important right now because in order for us to move forward, we need to work collaboratively and know that you're not an island. You are definitely not an island here. And talk about islands. Perfect segue to go into. I would love to bring on Miss Crystal Royal from HEB. They have been a constant super, you know, support. She was phenomenal in introducing us also to Dr. Neely. And so we want to make sure we always remember that you know, we're, we're ha we have so many community partners out there that are helping us. Ms. Royal, tell me what HEV is doing, because they're always doing something for us. Well, Juanita, first I have to say, Dr. Neely, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think the community really needed to hear this today. And you have supplied us with so much information. I am, I'm eternally grateful. HEB is great, is grateful. And don't be surprised if I reach out to you. So, <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for that, Crystal. Um, HEB is is as we always are. We are doing always doing things in the community. We are um, a community based uh, company who thrives on one the community and two who are also our customers small businesses. So we um, we just concluded Quest for Texas Best. Thank you all. The response was overwhelming. Like, oh my God, we, we were like, wow, in the midst of a pandemic, we still have all these beautiful suppliers who are, are doing great things and having great products. So we have concluded Quest for Texas Best. You should start hearing communication in the next couple of weeks. Um, but if those that did not, were not able to um, submit during Quest for Texas Best, we are 24 seven on our supplier page, which is in, on the screen right now, um, supplier.heb.com, that you can submit um, your, uh, any of your products, services, and goods to HEB at any time. So um, just click on the red button in the middle of the page and you can fill out all your information and, 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 and one of our, our global sourcing, many of our global sourcing leaders and buyers will reach out uh, when the need is there. Again, I thank this platform. I thank you again, Dr. Neely. And by the way, uh, I had you on Facebook Live and tremendous, tremendous response. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> 
I could not not put you in so much good stuff. I was like, for those that are going to miss it, you're not going to miss it. So, <laughs> and I thank the, I thank Maestro Center. I thank Tree Shaker. Um, this is just continues to be an amazing platform and bringing amazing information. The team is, is a beautiful team in the time of where, like my mom used to say, you find sunflowers in mud. So we are like the sunflower behind you, Dr. Neely. We are a sunflower in the midst of darkness. And I thank everyone that's been on this panel and continues to do the hard work. Now, before we close out, I want to make sure I bring back the Maestro Entrepreneur Center to close us out because I want to remind you about Buy Local and Grow SA. And not to not to forget all of our supporters and our sponsors. Mighty, can we please recognize them and once again touch on Buy Local and Grow SA? Of course. So the soft launch was in May first, but we're doing the the big launch uh, coming up this um, this month. So if you want to be one of the first ones in the platform and tell your friends, like I was one of the first ones to register, I invite you to go ahead and register your business where you're going to be having access to many, many free resources. But not only that, it'll open up um, an avenue for you to communicate with other business owners. Maybe business opportunities might arise because of you being listed on the website. And just a silly example, I was looking for someone to embroider some short shirts for me for the Maestro Center. And I reached out to an embroidery that had already registered through the Buy Local and I'm hiring them to take care of that need. So I really encourage you because the opportunities are there and we don't want you to miss out on them. So. If you haven't done so, please go ahead and register to the Buy Local Grow SA website. And thank you again. Thank you, HEB, for being an amazing partner. Thank you to all of our supporters Thanks. and all of our sponsors, BBVA, Wells Fargo, VIA. Thank you, Dr. Neely, for this amazing, amazing, amazing uh, webinar. Also, thank you to all of our supporters, especially SBDC, in Prairie View, A&M University. Uh, they have been an amazing partner, also SBDC in the University of Texas at San Antonio and all of the local chambers, but also the chambers in the surrounding community in Texas. So I really thank everyone for your support and for always uh, joining us and joining efforts to put this webinars together. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. And please stay tuned because we're getting ready to go into the Spanish version. <laughs>